Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's so good to have you all with us this morning. What a beautiful weekend that we've had. It's actually been somewhat cool over the last weekend and almost had to put a sweater on yesterday and the day before that. But man, so good to see you all here with us uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to open up our hymn books and turn to a hymn here, but I don't have my order of service. Is that, do you have that, Mrs. Harris? Hymn number 338. There we go. I'm all out of, out of order now. I don't have my order of service. Amen. Well, let's get to hymn number 338 at Calvary. We'll sing it together. The first, the second, and the last of hymn number 338 at Calvary. Sing it out. Let's stand together as we sing. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Carry not my Lord was crucified. No way not it was for me. He died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Let's sing that second verse. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. On that last verse, sing it out this morning. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Amen. What a wonderful thing Calvary is. What a wonderful thing it means to our faith. And because of Calvary, I know I can go to heaven someday. Amen. Well, let's open our service in a word of prayer. Brother Jim, would you please open our service this morning? Thank you for that. We love you. We pray these things in His holy name. Amen. 
Amen. You may be seated. Again, thank you all for being with us here this morning. We do have a few uh, that are not here this morning. Please keep them in your prayers. But uh, it is good to have uh, Miss Carolyn and Brother Newman back with us after a few weeks of traveling. And uh, we're thankful that the Lord gave you all safe travels and good uh, wedding and a uh, good um, uh, reunion that y'all went to. So uh, good to have you guys back. And of course, Brother Billy's back with us. And uh, so good to have him back with us and greeting people and handing out uh, the uh, bulletins and just so wonderful to have him back with us. Continue to keep uh, him in your prayers as there's a little bit of a road of recovery left, but so good to have him here with us. i got a few announcements for you this morning, uh, this coming Saturday. I'm very excited to tell you we're continuing our monthly Super Saturday Soul Winning. And uh, that will be this coming Saturday uh, at our regular time of 10 a.m. We'll have coffee and donuts ready for everybody. And then around 1030, we're going to get out and start handing out gospel tracts and get uh, getting the word of God out to other people that may never have heard. So uh, that's going to be this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock. We'll meet here at the church and around 1030, we will head out into our neighborhoods. And uh, that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. This week, we do have a goal to finish up uh, or get another section done of these cross street of this cross street here where our, our kind of the streets meet where our church is right here on the corner and uh, we'd like to get from this stop sign here uh, down to the stop light and then we'd also like to get from this stop sign of this road here old town mcdonald down to the other uh, stop sign, which Mrs. Harris and I have about, what would you say, about half to three quarters of that street done. So that will be a shorter street, and then we'll have a longer street going down that way to the uh, stoplight there. But it's a good section. We got all the way from this stop sign to Highway 46 done, and also from that same stop sign the other direction to Highway 46. Just a great chunk that we got, and we also got this little side street off of uh, this street over here, and just a wonderful time last week. Anybody who was here uh, last month month can attest to the fact that it was a huge blessing. Uh, even those who came and just prayed with us uh, can attest that it was a blessing. And also the people who get to stay here and pray also get to take care of Natasha. So, I mean, if that, if that encourages anybody to come and uh, pray with us, then, I mean, even just for that, y'all got to come and uh, pray with us there. But uh, uh, it's a wonderful time. But again, I'll say this, if you're not able to go out, if you're not able to walk out that far, or uh, if you don't feel comfortable going and knocking on doors, I would encourage you, please come uh, anyhow and just pray with us. Uh, if you'd like to have a partner to go with who uh, can uh, help with maybe you could just be a silent partner. You can come and be a silent partner with somebody. And uh, again, that'll be a wonderful time and just a huge blessing. I know we've already seen blessings come to our church uh, just from doing that. And uh, I've just seen it and the Lord has been so good to us. Uh, but that is uh, the date for that is going to be August the 26th. August the 26th. That is this coming Saturday. So please join us for that. And uh, I would like to uh, let everybody know, I'd like to ask the ladies, please, uh, if you would be able to stay for just a few moments after the service. We're going to have a quick uh, meeting after the service with all the ladies. Anybody who's here today, please, uh, we'll just come over to the, here to these front couple of rows. And I'd just like to have a quick meeting with you. And we just want to go over a few things, clarify a few things, and let you know, guys know about some exciting things that are happening and uh, don't worry we're not changing too much we're uh, we've talked about it and we're going to make sure that everything uh, continues on and we're just going to add uh, a few things and I'm excited about it
about it, and I hope you ladies are as well after the meeting. We'll get everything clarified. And But please, if you would please, ladies, stay after the service for just a few moments, just a couple minutes. We will not be long. I'd just like to update you. And uh, again, don't worry. We're not, uh, we've talked about it, and we're going to we're going to keep things pretty well the same. We're just going to make a few uh, quick additions to what we're going to be doing. I'm very excited about that. And uh, I will also ask any men over the next week, um, I have some time on my hands, and I would like to see if I can have a few men, maybe just uh, if you have a certain day that you're available, uh, let me know, or a certain time that you're available, let me know, please. I would like to, my goal is for this week to get all of these lights changed out with the new ones that we have. We have new ballasts for them, and we have new LED bulbs to put in every single light in this sanctuary and also over in the Sunday school area. I, would, I desperately need your help, men. If you're able to come, just let me know what time. Uh, and I will be here, and we'll start to put up some lights together. Uh, if you've got any electrical tools, I'll bring those with you. I do have some, so I can lend out some. I just don't have enough if there was two or three men to come. Uh, but I would really appreciate that just over the next week. I'd like to get it done by next Sunday. And uh, just so you know, Wednesday, we might have a few that are not quite finished. So if it's a little bit dark in here, uh, don't worry. We'll just open up the blinds and get it nice and bright in here. But uh, if any men are available for that, please just come to me after the service or even just shoot me a text or give me a call. Let me know what times or dates you'd be available over this next week. Uh, and then I'd also like to say we do have new music practice sheets on the back information counter. If you're involved in special music, we have... I think Mrs. Harris and I came into the church yesterday and we spent a couple hours and we got all the special music planned for the next two months. So if you are a part of special music, please go and get those two sheets that are on the back counter and keep those with you. If you are scheduled uh, to sing, please, of course, be here for that. But also please be here for your scheduled practices. Uh, you'll find those to the very right of that piece of paper. It'll tell you what time and what date you need to be here. I would also like to extend an invitation. If you would like to be involved in special music and you're not currently involved, please see either me or Mrs. Harris and we will get you involved in either a group or uh, in some sort of special music uh, um, facet there, please let me or Mrs. Harris know we'd love to add you to our special music schedule uh, or part of a group or something. We'd love to have you involved in that, so please uh, let us know. And again, those are on the back counter. There will be two new ones. One of them is red and one of them is orange. So that will give you a distinction if you, know, if you don't know which one is which. And then finally, I would like to uh, extend an invitation as well. Uh, we do have a discipleship program here at the church. During our Sunday school times, we have been going through it as a group in a group setting uh, for discipleship and going over that, and it's been a wonderful time. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. But if you'd like to be a part of individual, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, please get a hold of me. Uh, I'm available just about any time. Uh, just let me know. And I would love to do that with you. It's just a wonderful time, and it's just a wonderful... I'll say this, if you are a new Christian, it's a wonderful foundation. If you are a seasoned Christian, it is a wonderful refresher course. If you don't, uh, what do they always say? If you don't use it, you lose it, right? So let's do this. If you are able to, just let me know. Yeah, you have my number. If you don't have my number, uh, I will give it to you. And if you'd like to do that, please let me know. Uh, I know Mrs. Harris is working on getting ready to start doing discipleship with the ladies. So uh, ladies, if you'd, if you'd like to do discipleship, get with Mrs. Harris. And I'm sure that we'll be able to get some times set up for that. Uh, but again, I would like to extend that invitation. It's a wonderful, wonderful foundation for new Christians. And it's a wonderful refresher course for 
for seasoned Christians. Uh, I believe that's all the announcements that I have for today. Again, ladies, I want to reiterate this. Please, if you just stay for just a few minutes after the service, just come on up here. We'll just have a quick, quick meeting uh, together. Well, let's get our hymn books back out together. We'll turn to hymn number 353, A Shelter in the Time of Storm. We'll sing it together. 353, A Shelter in the Time of the Storm. You may remain seated as we sing this. The Lord's our rock, in Him we hide, a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. On that second verse, sing it out. A shade by day, defense by night. A shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm, no foes affright. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. On that last verse, sing it out. Oh, rock divine, oh, refuge dear. A shelter in the time of storm. Be thou our helper ever near. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. Amen. Aren't you glad that you've got a shelter in the time of storm? No matter what comes, no matter what storm you're in the midst of, aren't you so glad? We talked about it uh, last Sunday night with the Holy Spirit. We talked about how uh, the Holy Spirit ministers to us in the fact that He is our divine comforter. I'm so glad that I've got a divine comforter. I'm so glad that when Jesus left this earth, he said, don't worry, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to send somebody else. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be your divine comfort. Uh, in the time of storm, no matter what takes place, uh, we have a huge list here of prayer requests. On that prayer request, there's people that are hurting. There's people that are struggling. There's people who have diseases, and there's people who have sicknesses. Yet I'm so glad that I've got a shelter in the time of storm. I'm so glad that these who are on this list uh, have a shelter uh, if they have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I love that song that says, you know, I, I, I think of the newborn baby and, and the gr wonderful joy it brings, but greater still, the, the great assurance that that child can go through uncertain days because he lives. And because he lives in my heart, amen. What a wonderful, wonderful song that is. And uh, I hope you listen to the words as you sing. I hope you know what it is that you're singing. I hope you uh, think about the words as you sing it. Because it's great truth. It's great truth. Especially in this next song that we're going to sing, our song of the month. His name is wonderful. Let's all, uh, let's stand together, why don't we? We can stretch our legs. I have about 17,000 pages of notes today, so you'll need to stand and stretch your legs. Let's sing it together. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. 
His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. He is the mighty King, Master of everything. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. He's the great shepherd, the rock of all ages. Almighty God is He. Bow down before Him, love and adore Him. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. What a wonderful name it is. You may be seated. I want to ask our ushers if they'd please come forward at this time. I should have said everybody could remain seated except for the, uh, the ushers. Brother uh, Billy and Brother Jim, if you'd please come forward for the offering this morning. Again, this is a wonderful time that we get a chance to give back as the Lord has given to us. Uh, many people don't think of it this way. Many people think of it as just uh, emptying their pocketbooks. But really, this is a form of worship. This is a way that we get to say, Lord, I love you. I'm so thankful for what you've given to me. I'm going to show that by giving this back to you. And uh, what a wonderful time this is. I'm going to ask Brother Billy if you'd please ask the blessing on the offering this morning. Amen. As they're taking the offering, welcome each other to the service. Welcome each other. Wave if you'd like. Shake the hand if you'd like. prepared for special music here. Let's get our Bibles out together. At this time, we'll have our scripture reading. If you'd please stand with me, we'll turn to the book of Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. We just have a few verses to read here together today. Luke chapter number 19. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Luke chapter number 19, beginning in verse number 41. And we'll read all the way down through verse number 44 this morning. And I will begin on verse number 41. If you'd please join in with me on verse number 42. We will read responsively all the way down through verse number 44. Luke chapter 19, verse number 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, round, and keep thee in on every side. And altogether on verse 44, And shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children with thee, 
and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Amen. You may be seated. We'll sing one final hymn together before the, uh, we have special music come. Hymn number 345, Blessed Assurance. Hymn number 345, Blessed Assurance. Let's sing all three verses. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. On that second verse, perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of my sight, angels descending, bring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, this is my story, song, praising my Savior all the day long. On that last verse, think about the words. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness lost in his love this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long at this time, we're going to have our ladies' trio come and sing for us. Or just, there we go. Without a 
special music that was. One of these days we'll get wireless mics, so I won't have to do all this. <laughs> Amen. Thank you very much, ladies. That was a wonderful, wonderful special music. That's not going to stay where it's at, is it? I'm just going to pull that off. How about that? Oh, well, let's get our Bibles out. We'll turn to the book of uh, of Luke this morning, Luke chapter number 19. Uh, again, ladies, thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful special music. Without him, how lost I would be. Amen. I'm so glad that, that there was a day when he reached down and he touched me and made me whole. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that is. I'm so grateful for that. Amen. I hope you're grateful for your salvation this morning. And uh, so Luke chapter number 19, verse number 41 is where we will uh, begin uh, this morning. I'll read this for you again. It says here, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee, and thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side. 
and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children with thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. This uh, is a, a, very, uh, a very sad story to me, honestly, about uh, Jesus coming into his city of Jerusalem and seeing what it is that that city looks like and weeping over the city and saying, if only you knew, if only you knew that this was the day of your visitation, but you didn't know, you didn't know. What a sad uh, time this is. Uh, in Jesus. You can just see and, and hear uh, the great emotion that he's going through at this time. Uh, after this takes place, we see him begin to enter into Jerusalem. We, I think we call this uh, at the time of his triumphant entry. When everybody's uh, praising him and praising him, they don't really know uh, who it really is that they're praising. They don't understand. They don't know. That's why he says, if only... You knew. Let's pray and we'll get into our service this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we go through this today. Lord, I pray that you would guide me, direct me. Uh, Lord, give me wisdom to preach what it is that you'd want for me to preach. Uh, Lord, and let your words be heard today. Lord, I don't want my words to be heard, Lord, because I know uh, that my words have no meaning. They're just human words that don't really mean a whole lot. But Lord, if you uh, were to speak to somebody today, Lord, that is what we seek for. We seek uh, for your uh, approval, Lord, and we want that everything that we do today be to, your, be to your honor and to your glory. Lord, we need you desperately. In your name I pray. Amen. This is such a profound moment in Jesus' earthly ministry. This is a moment when we see Christ begin to fill with great emotion as he sees the city of his chosen people, Jerusalem. And he knows that uh, in what these next few moments, uh, as he goes through this, as he, he deals with uh, what takes place next, as he goes through even the next uh, moments of his life, he knows what is going to take place, and he's filled with great emotion as he sees those who do not know that do not know who he truly is. As he begins to enter the city, we see our Savior weep. He weeps great tears over his city. I see a few things here, and I'd like to present them to you as something to think about, as something to ponder, as something that we uh, maybe uh, might convict us to do something maybe different in our Christian life. That's why we come to church. That's why we listen to preaching. It's because we want to know how God wants for us to live our lives. It's because we want to know uh, what it is that God wants for us to do with our lives. So uh, I'd like to present a few things today uh, of things that if only they knew. If only you knew. That's the title of my message this morning. I'd like to speak to you on that subject today of if only you knew. Number one, if only you knew your salvation. Luke chapter number 19, verse 42, it says this saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. That's what Jesus is saying as he comes into the city. He says, If only you knew the great peace that I would have brought upon your life. But you didn't know. In Romans 5 verse 1 it says this, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
what do we see here that God's chosen people are missing out on here? It's that great salvation. It's that great peace that Jesus had come to this earth to bring. We see here that they are missing out uh, on that great uh, salvation that Christ was about to die for. What a terrible thing it would be to miss out on salvation just because we don't believe what is said in this book. Uh, I think, it's, I, I think we, I'm safe to say here that I think about 95% of us here in this room today could say, I know my salvation. I'm so glad to know that I know my salvation. I know of whom I have believed it. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know my salvation. But when I read this passage of scripture, it makes me think about all those who don't know his salvation. It makes me think about all those who if Jesus were to come into the city of Niles today or to come into the place of Mineral Ridge or, or, or to go to Gerard or to go to McDonald, how many people would he come into the city and weep and say, if only you knew the great peace that I had for you. It makes me think about that. What a terrible thing it would be for these people to miss out on salvation because they don't know. Or because they don't care enough to know. I think about those who are atheists. Those who claim that there is no God. Uh, I use this argument sometimes. And I'm sure many of us have heard this argument. I know uh, Brother John used it uh, the last time he was here to help us uh, with a Super Saturday Soul Winning. The argument is, is me being a Christian... And following after what it says in this book, at the end of my life, what have I lost? What have I missed out on? Now let's turn it around the other way. What do you lose? Because you have not believed what's in this book. They lose out on the many benefits of being a Christian the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We spoke about it earlier because when the Holy Spirit indwells us, isn't it so wonderful to know that I have a comforter? We see Jesus speaking about that here, saying, if only you knew the great peace I would bring to your life. They miss out on that great peace, but more importantly than that, and much greater than that, much greater of a loss than that, they lose out on their home in heaven someday. They lose out on the great relationship that they could have with God here on this earth. What do I miss out on if what I say is wrong? I don't miss out on much, do I? I've lived a good life. I've served God with my life. Uh, if it comes to the end of my life, well, you know, I've been good. I've done good. But what if you are wrong? You miss out on everything. All of this. Because of the ignorance of this, that this world has to the things that are in God's word, we will see many of them lose out on what God has for them. What if they're wrong? Well, there may be a church that never gets planted. What if they're wrong? Well, there might be a young child who never gets to know the Lord as their Savior. I say this all the time, but God has a plan for each and every one of you. It does not matter if you're 16 or 60. It does not matter if you're 10 or 80. God has a plan for your life. What happens if 
we don't believe what's in God's word is we miss out on that plan. We miss out on that great purpose that God has for us in our life. Number one, if only they knew their salvation. Number two, if only they knew the trouble that lay ahead because of their rejection of Christ. We see that in Luke 19, verses 30, uh, 43 and 44. If you're still there, you can follow along with me. It says here, For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. There's a whole lot of heartache on the path for those who reject Christ. It's something that, uh, as Christians, we don't really want to think about. It's not fun to think about what those who do not know Christ will have to go through. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. But as I read the Word of God and I read uh, what Jesus is thinking as He comes into this city, it makes me think, what should I be thinking as I go into these cities? For Jesus, He goes into just one city of Jerusalem and He weeps. Great tears of sorrow because they do not know. As I come off of the highway, off of 80, and turn and come onto 46 and begin to come into the city of Niles, what goes through my heart as I go through that city? Do I weep great tears of sorrow because they do not know? Do I weep great tears of sorrow because of the thought of the destruction that's going to come to their lives? Or do I have no empathy for them? As I always say, we want to take example of Jesus' earthly ministry as we live our lives. I say it all the time about how Jesus had acted with uh, the lady who was caught in adultery and how he did not condemn her. I, t I try to take example of that in my life. I must also take example of the emotion that Jesus had as he came into that city. I cannot simply go my way. I cannot simply uh, just ignore what it is that takes place. I cannot simply ignore the great need that our area around us has for God. I look at just the streets that are next to us. Some homes are nice and beautiful. Some homes are in disarray. It's, what inside, it's what's in that, inside that house, though, that should compel me to go and reach them. It doesn't matter if it's a mansion or a shack. Whoever's in that house could still be lost or found. I'm sure in Jerusalem there was a, a great high class that had many, uh, maybe great mansions or, or, or wonderful houses with uh, maybe all of the luxuries that you would have had back then. But I'm sure there would have also been those who were homeless. My Bible does not tell me who it was that Jesus wept for other than the fact that he wept for the city. There was no, uh, there was no uh, difference there over who Jesus wept for. In my life, I must have a great desire to reach those, no matter uh, what social status they might have, or no matter where they are in their life, I should have a great desire to reach them. We see here that even God's chosen people had a many struggles that they 
were to have to go through because of their ignorance of who Jesus was and what he was there to do. We see that in Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7, verses 21 through 23 say this, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. If only they knew. If only they knew what was in this wonderful, blessed book that I hold in my hands today. If only they knew. In John 3, verse number 18, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not, belie not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. If only they knew what that verse meant. If only they knew what John 3, 16 meant. If only they knew. But it's not enough for me to just simply say, if only they knew, is it? I cannot simply say, if only they knew, if only they knew, if only they knew, and then do nothing about it. I know I've been preaching on this many uh, times over the last few months, but it's so important. It is so important for us to understand what God has placed us on this earth to do. God has not placed me on this earth to build a great church. He hasn't. God has not placed me on this earth to see how many times I can fill a church bus and bring it to church. That's not what he placed me on this earth to do. God placed me on this earth because of a verse in Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15. What does that verse say? It says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is what I've been put on this earth to do. I've been put on this earth because of what Jesus uh, says here in Luke chapter number 19, where he says, if only you knew, he didn't put me on this earth to just preach to you people and say, if only you knew, if only they knew, and just go about our day and, and do nothing else. He said, uh, he sent me onto this earth to go and not only say, if only they knew, but to then weep about it and to have great sorrow over it to the point where I say, I can't sit still anymore. I I've got to go. I I've got to get them. I can't just say if only they knew. I've got to go and reach them and let them know what this Bible says. I've had many opportunities in my life to give people the gospel. Some have accepted and many have not accepted. But that doesn't change my duty. It does not change my purpose on this earth. Jesus came to this earth for his own. What does the Bible say there, though? His own received him not. I can't quit in this life. Jesus did not quit when people began to reject him. He says, if only you knew, and then he goes and he tells them, yet 90% of them say, I don't care, I don't want to know. But what does Jesus do anyhow? He continues to go. We must continue to go. I hope there aren't any, but maybe there are some in this room today that would say, I don't know. I don't know, or I don't want to know. Jesus is calling for you. 
there are those who desire to not know God. And I find that so sad. Because of what Jesus says here, if only they knew what was in this book. If only they knew the great blessings that would come on their lives. If only they knew the great purpose that God had for them. It's not enough for me, though, to just tell those who do know. I must compel those who do know to go and tell others. I must live my life also in a way to where those who do not know would want to know. As a Christian, as Christians, as believers, as churchgoers, as those who believe in God, as those who have accepted Christ, we should live our lives in such a way that people say, I want some of that. I want what he has. I want what she has. I, I, I want that. You know, oftentimes, uh, I've heard this quote many times, and I'll tell it to you, I'll probably say it many times to you. Your sermons whisper, but your life shouts. What I preach from this pulpit is but a whisper. We may weep over our town, or our country, or our world, but does my life reflect what it is that I say? I must do what it is that I say. If I say uh, I want people to know God, then what must I do? I must go tell them. If I say I want people who are saved to uh, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, then what must I do? I must do discipleship. If I say I want my family members to, to have, find purpose in their life, then what must I do? I must show them the word of God and show them how they can find purpose in their life. That's why we have Super Saturday Soul Wedding on Saturdays. I, I go through this city and I, I may not weep physical tears. I'm not much of a crier myself. I don't uh, have tears very often. But my heart weeps. And my heart aches. For these people. That's why it's not enough for me to just stand at the pulpit and preach to you and say, uh, if only they knew, with a tear in my eye and say, if only these people knew, I'm going to be here on Saturday morning to make sure they know. I'm going to get out here on maybe a day other than a Saturday. And I'm going to put a gospel tract on a, on a gas pump. I'm going to give a gospel tract to my waitress or my waiter. At the family get-together, I'm not going to take part in the revelry and the drinking. I'm going to take a moment and try to win my family to Christ. I'm not just going to talk the talk. I'm going to walk the walk. Jesus here is, we can look at a, uh, a, a picture of Jesus' entire earthly ministry. And he always talks the talk. But we always see the most important part of it is that he walks the walk. He does not just say in, in, in the book of Luke, he does not just weep over the uh, Jerusalem, but we see just very verses later, he goes and instructs them on how to live their lives. He may at some point before that go and flip the money changing tables. In the, in, in, the, in the temple. But he's not just going to talk the talk. 
and then go about and live his life how he felt like he wanted to. I am to take example of what Jesus says here and walk the way that the Bible has told me to walk. Do not let the embarrassment of trying to give your family the gospel keep you from showing them the difference between heaven and hell and what it means to be saved. If you do not know what your salvation is, don't let anybody keep you from that. Don't let your professor, your spouse, a family member, or a close friend keep you from going to heaven. I'll say this, nobody and nothing is worth going to hell over. I can say that also the other way. Nothing in my life and nobody in my life and no situation in my life is worth letting somebody else go to hell without me ever having told them. It's hard sometimes. It's not easy. I'm not here to bash anybody over the head and say, you need to give out 300 gospel tracts a week or you're not a good Christian. That's not what I'm here to say today. You may only get a chance to give out one gospel tract a week or a month. But take every opportunity you're given. Take every opportunity you're given. If they go to hell and I never told them, and I had an opportunity to tell them, I count that as being my fault. I don't know about anybody else in this room, but I do. If I had an opportunity to tell that little child how they can go to heaven, and I said, I'm sorry I don't have the time today. I'm not in the right frame of mind today. I just don't feel like it. And two weeks later, they die in a car crash count that as being my fault. I can't just weep over the people and not do anything about it. I must weep over them. And then with great fervence and with great fire and with great zeal, I must go out and tell them. In every way that I have possibility to tell them. That's why it's not as effective as it once was to go and knock on doors. But I'm going to do it anyhow. I'm sorry, it's not, it's not always fun to go out and knock on doors. Brother Jim and I, we were out knocking on doors last month together, and uh, we had one person slam the door in our face, didn't we? we need the yeah, we needed the breeze, amen. amen. It was kind of hot out that day, wasn't it? And in the next house, it was just the next house, uh, we went up and there was dog signs everywhere. Now, thankfully, the dog stayed inside, but I did say that uh, a couple weeks ago, didn't I, that I put my foot on the door. Keep that screen door closed. It's not always easy, but I gave that person a gospel tract. I gave that person a gospel tract. Now, they might, I've heard stories, and I knew of, uh, of a person who uh, one time somebody put a gospel tract on their door, and they went and took it off. They put it on top of their TV. Now, this just tells you how not a clean person they are. Three years later, that same gospel tract was on top of their TV. That was back before we had the thin TVs. You could actually put stuff. You, you could probably put your whole dinner on the TV at that point, couldn't you? But three years later, that gospel tract was on the TV. They took that gospel tract, went to the church, and got saved. 
just because I put a gospel tract on their door does not mean they're going to get saved right then and start coming to church. It might be three years later. Or they might read that gospel tract in private and get saved. And they might die a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later. But I gave them a gospel tract. I did my duty. It's necessary to do that. We see true sorrow in this passage in the heart of Christ as he sees all those who should know his word that are going to go to hell. It's something we should think about as a church. That's why I try my best as often as I can uh, in the message to give somewhat of a presentation of the gospel. Because just because you're going to church does not mean that you know. Does not mean that you're saved. Going to church and opening up your Bible does not mean you're saved. Being saved is accepting Christ as your personal Savior into your heart. And how sad it would be that somebody under the sound of my voice might hear the word of God and not go to heaven because they never accepted it. If you are saved today, and I hope everybody in this room is, you should have a great desire to tell others so that they are not ignorant of what the Bible says. We should have a burning desire to the point uh, of even uh, weeping to see people saved, just as Jesus did here. If you are not saved today, then do not allow anything to get between you and God. Nobody and nothing is worth going to hell over. Don't miss out on what God has given to you. Accept Christ today. Accept Christ today. If only you knew. If only you knew what Jesus will do in your life. If only you knew who Jesus would save because of your testimony. If only you knew the churches that might be started. If only you knew the countless missionaries that might get sent to the field or might get uh, supported from our church. If only you knew the joy that Christ would bring to your life. That's to both the saved and the unsaved. For the saved, if only you knew that if you put your uh, mind to it and started working for God and started doing what God's called you to do and started working hard to see people saved, if only you knew uh, the countless many that would come to know Christ as their Savior, if only you knew. And for the unsaved, if only you knew what God would do with your life. We talked about it this morning, about the life of the true disciple. The life of a true disciple is a life that is surrendered completely to God. We read those verses in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. They say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a willing sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now we read that verse, and I say to you, if only you knew what your surrender would bring. If only you knew what the transforming of your mind would bring to this church, or to this world, or, or even just to your local neighborhood. If only you knew. If only you knew what getting serious about being a Christian would do to you and to others. We've looked at it uh, in the last 
uh, two, I believe it was the last two Sunday nights, we looked at when Jesus passes by. We look at Zacchaeus. And then we look also uh, at the lady at the well. If only you knew Zacchaeus, thankfully he did give his life to Christ. Who else got saved? His whole family. If only you knew what your salvation and your testimony would bring to somebody else's life. If only you knew, like that lady at the well, that a whole multitude would come to know Christ. And the Bible says that God does have a plan for you. That God does have a purpose for you. You might not see it right now. But that's what Jesus is saying here uh, to these uh, people, his chosen people. He says, if only you knew what I was going to do. If only you knew the great peace I was going to bring to your life. If only you knew the wonderful multitude of people who would have come to know me as their Savior. If only you knew. Yet in the day of your visitation, you knew not. Don't let the day of Christ's visitation in your life go by without making the decision to serve Him. Don't let that day go by in your life. It might be more than one day that the Lord comes by, but be ready for it. Maybe that day has already come by and you surrendered years ago. Maybe you surrendered 40 years ago. Maybe you surrendered 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And you're saying, well, uh, God just isn't going to use me anymore. Well, that's uh, a lie of the devil. God will still use you. Don't think just because the day of your visitation was so long ago that God will not use you anymore. There's no expiration date on the will of God. Well, there is, but that's when we die. There's no expiration date. Serve God while you can. Walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. If only you knew what great things God had planned for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, Lord, we're so thankful for your word. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, to take this to heart, Lord, me especially. Lord, as the pastor of this church, I pray that you'd help me, Lord, not just to preach these messages from the pulpit, but then to go on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and put it into practice. Lord, I look at the cities that we are close to. Lord, and my heart aches for them. Lord, I pray that our church would also have that aching in their heart and that they would not leave uh, and just not do anything about it, Lord. Lord, help us. We need you desperately. The piano is going to play, and as it does, the altars are open. Maybe need to say today, Lord, I know you've got a plan for my life, but Lord, I'm struggling with it. Lord, give me wisdom. Maybe you just need to come forward today and say, Lord, I've never surrendered my life. I've never surrendered to your will for my life, and today is that day. Maybe you just need to come forward and surrender to God's will. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you've never accepted that gift of eternal life. 
If that's you today and you've never accepted that great gift, you can come forward. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Just come on forward. And there's many in this room today who would be glad and would rejoice with you to lead you through the gospel and show you what God has planned for you and how you can know for sure you're to be saved. The altars are open and you come.